A recent GAO award protest decision seemed to establish a new rule for how contract negotiations are conducted. Specifically, there are times when contracting officers can't make guesses about whether proposed prices are reasonable. Here with the details, Washington Procurement Attorney Joseph Petrillo of Petrillo and Powell in studio. Joe, this case sounds like someone made a decision that they should not have made and it got them in trouble. What happened? That's right, Tom. Good morning. And and we're indebted to Professor Ralph Nash for uh, bringing this case to the attention of the federal contracting community. The situation here came out of a Navy procurement for operating services at its big air base in El Centro. Wide variety of services, each with lots of unit prices. This was fixing things, maintaining things, operational, not professional services, but something a notch below. Exactly. And a whole category, cafeteria of, of, of things that you need to do to keep the base running. The RFP in this instance uh, was pretty customary. It had a a best value uh, basis, cost and technical uh, factors evaluated. Uh, They were approximately equal and the technical factors were the usual uh, experience, past performance, management and technical approach. Price evaluation consisted of comparing prices to the government cost estimate and the prices of the other offerors. When you say the government cost estimate, this is what the government felt the prices roughly should be for the particular service under the contract. That's right. That's characteristic in procurements that governments will make – the government will make a, uh, an estimate of what it thinks the cost should be as a way of, of judging uh, uh, how the costs look like when they come in. In this instance, the Navy conducted two rounds of discussions with the offerors and in each case, the uh, company that protested, Shearwater – proposed unit prices that appeared to the government to be either excessively high or excessively low. The contracting officer told Shearwater about that in both instances, and Shearwater responded by raising the low prices, lowering the high prices. So on average, they all stayed about the same. Well, apparently they they crept upward a bit, as as we'll see. After each round, as I mentioned, they they made those adjustments, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, they were technically equal to KJS support services, but KJS was cheaper and they won um, because it's of the lower price. Uh, Shearwater protested and the main issue in the protest was Shearwater felt that by being told their prices were – some of their prices rather were too low, that pushed their total price upward, made them non-competitive as compared to the awardee. Now, the RFP, which I mentioned, talked about price evaluation, but it was only an evaluation of price reasonableness. And here we get into some uh, unique features of government contracting. Reasonableness is a term of art. It means the price is too high if it's unreasonable. Uh, The question here, though, was whether some of the prices were too low, and that's considered realism. The solicitation didn't provide for an evaluation of price realism, but the contracting officer nonetheless told Shearwater some of its prices were too low. Reasonableness came into the discussions but hadn't been part of the solicitation, in other words. Yeah, that's right. Realism was part of the evaluation but it and it was part of the discussions, but it wasn't really anticipated in, this, in the RFP or, for that matter, uh, in the regulations. 
We're speaking with federal procurement attorney Joseph Petrillo of Petrillo and Powell. So the contract then went to the more normally sounding priced contractor, correct? Exactly. And it went to the lower price contractor, which still had a, apparently a reasonable price. Um, Shearwater won the protest, though, by saying that the contracting officers mentioning of you know mentioning that some of its prices were too low had, had the tendency to push its price up and make it non-competitive. Uh, the implications of this, at least uh, Professor Nash thinks it's unclear whether the decision means the government can't even look at pricing being too low or if it just can't tell offerors about that. And, of course, the context here is the solicitation doesn't mention price realism. Well, it's unusual that you would put that into a solicitation because how often would you expect contractors to come in with prices that look crazily low? Well, I've been seeing that issue come in more and more And that is because the government is concerned about competition driving prices down so far that performance becomes risky. Uh, The contractor is not going to be able to fully fund performance and uh, the government's going to bear the burden of perhaps inferior performance. Sure. And it wasn't a reverse auction situation. It was simply sealed bids. Right. And of course here in services, you you do have an issue of quality uh, and and, and that is to some degree price sensitive. Sure. So if a company comes in at a level that the contracting officer tells you it sounds awfully low to me, that still can't be something used against you in the award unless that price realism was in the solicitation. Exactly. So the moral of the story is going is really is that if the government wants to be concerned about pricing being too low, it needs to advise offerors that it's going to do a realism analysis in the solicitation. Well, why would you not just make that boilerplate in every solicitation just to avoid the danger of being in trouble because you made an evaluation or award based on something that that uh, wasn't that should have been there in the first place? Well, if you say you're going to do it in the solicitation and you decide not to, then that could be a problem as well. But uh, but how can you know in advance whether the bids will come in at a reasonable or as a or a supportable, with realistic level? Exactly. Well, very good point. Um, I think part of the problem stems from the way the regulations are written and how they've been interpreted. Uh, if the regulations anticipated that um, the government could look at price realism as frequently as it looks at price reasonableness, in other words, it would have the ability to do that in any procurement, then we might solve the problem a lot easier. And then the government could not be tarred with always buying from the lowest bidder. Well, uh, there are times when that's not the Good thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I've seen cases over the years where the government deliberately went with higher bids because they thought there was more value long run and lower total life cycle costs. So that's a different issue than we're talking about here. But there are times when the government is is simply not the low priced buyer. Sure. A one size fits all uh, approach is not going to work in procurement because of the great variety of things that are being purchased. Joe Petrillo is a procurement attorney with Petrillo and Powell. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffel Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.